This is Non-Duality Talk on September 20th, 2017. I'm Jerry Katz. My guest is Stephen Bodian. Stephen's been teaching about awareness for over 40 years. His groundbreaking book is Meditation for Dummies. And that book helps to bring in or usher in the whole mindfulness teaching to the mainstream. Then his book, Wake Up Now, uh, provided a, a, a roadmap to the journey for spiritual awakening. Stephen is founder and director of the School for Awakening. He's a licensed psychotherapist. He offers webinars, retreats, books, apps even, and spiritual counseling. Basically, his work makes the spiritual teachings, the most profound spiritual teachings, accessible to the uh, global audience. Stephen's been a pioneer. I mean, Stephen Bodine's been around for decades and pioneer in, in integrating Eastern wisdom and Western psychology and also in the embodiment of awakening, of awakened awareness in everyday life. That's so essential. His, his approach blends the compassionate self-inquiry, non-dual insight, and transformational techniques from the field of psychotherapy. And he draws on his decades of experience as a, as a therapist and a teacher, and he specializes in offering guidance that is tailored to the needs of the individual, the individual seeker, Stephen Bodians, studied with the great masters in the non-dual wisdom traditions. He began uh, by studying with Shunryu Suzuki, believe it or not, who, who wrote the classic Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, and then Stephen spent a decade studying Advaita with the, the great European teacher, Jean Klein. In 2001, Stephen Bodian received Dharma transmission from Aidy Ashanti, the authorization to teach. Stephen Bodian taught at all the uh, major retreat centers that you've probably heard of, Omega, Hollyhock, Kripalu, and the Garrison Institute, and so on. And his other books include Everyday Mindfulness and also Buddhism for Dummies. And the book we're going to talk about today, the new book, is Beyond Mindfulness. Welcome, Stephen Bodian. Well, thank you, Jerry. It's lovely to be here and chat with you. Now, Beyond Mindfulness is its not primarily a book about mindfulness. And, and this is what you've told me. I'm just going to repeat what you've told me. Right. You said right. Beyond Mindfulness is not primarily a book about mindfulness. And it actually spends some time critiquing mindfulness. But then, ultimately, yeah. it offers a direct approach to really um, the subtitle of the book, The Direct Approach to Lasting Peace, Happiness, and Love. So, so the title of the book is Beyond Mindfulness. Mm -hmm. The Direct Approach mm -hmm. to Lasting Peace, Happiness, and Love. Let me give you your website. It's stephenbodian.org. Uh, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-B-O-D-I-A-N. Um, so, but let's start with mindfulness. Even though we're kind of going beyond it, everybody kind of has heard of mindfulness. So how do you yeah. define mindfulness? And, and, and there are benefits to it, clearly. What are the benefits of mindfulness? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of benefits. See, uh, one of the main reasons I wrote the book is because... Um, you know, I've uh, taught mindfulness, I, of course, as a Zen monk for years. I taught it, and then Meditation for Dummies uh, primarily teaches mindfulness. And then I've done an app called uh, Mindfulness Meditation and a book called Everyday Mindfulness. So I, I do recommend mindfulness uh, for those who might want the benefits that it offers. Now, mindfulness means being present uh, 
deliberately being present in the moment for your experience right now without judgment. That is kind of the, the most commonly used uh, definition. Uh, and uh, the benefits of doing this, of course, most of the time, most of us are distracted, we're in past and future, and we're not really in the present moment. So for most people, uh, mindfulness is a powerful shift in their awareness, and it can have tremendous benefit. Um, you know, in the last 15, 20 years, there's been extensive uh, research into the benefits of mindfulness um, in terms of uh, alleviating depression, alleviating anxiety and uh, stress, uh, boosting mood, uh, increasing concentration, uh, you know, increasing performance, uh, creativity. Um, so th there are a lot of studies. You know, in fact, there's a, even a there's a monthly, believe it or not, a monthly a research journal that comes out that uh, offers summaries of the latest mindfulness research. So you can imagine every month there are enough studies to warrant a, a newsletter devoted to this. So there's a lot of research into this now, and it's become very popular. In my local Sprouts, which is kind of like a Whole Foods, you know, there are like four different special edition magazines devoted to mindfulness now. You know, Newsweek has one, Time has one. So mindfulness is very mainstream, and that's great. I totally yeah. support that, right? Um, so beyond mindfulness, though, I thought, you know, given that it's so popular, it's important to point out some of the drawbacks. Yeah. So there are, there are limitations then to it, maybe even pitfalls to, 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 uh, to mindfulness. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and and um, if we talk about some of those limitations and pitfalls, would they pertain more for someone who's looking beyond mindfulness, perhaps someone who's looking more for, say, truth or whatever you want to call it? Mm. And can we, should mm -hmm. we distinguish between the person who's interested in, in knowing the fundamental nature of reality and the person who's mm -hmm. practicing mindfulness to, you know, to live better and do better and, and have, have a better life and right. be happier? Is there a, a distinction to be right. made? And if so, what then are the limitations of mindfulness for the one seeking beyond and beyond right. the beyond? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I would say that the limitations of mindfulness really come in when you're talking in terms of spiritual awakening. Right? Uh, now, mindfulness, of course, originally evolved as a path to spiritual awakening. But it, it, it is and was and is a more progressive path. The sense is that you practice uh, mindfulness uh, in meditation and moment to moment and then gradually develop uh, the capacity to be present almost like you know developing a muscle of awareness and uh, then you develop certain positive qualities cultivate as they say the mindful tradition certain positive qualities like compassion uh, equanimity and then gradually over time you uh, develop these mind states and uh, the ultimate result is to live a happier, a more awakened life. Um, the, the problem with that, uh, and of course, you know, there's a Vipassana tradition which follows that path. And I have friends who are Vipassana teachers, and I bow to them and uh, you know, think they're doing great work. Many of those teachers are also offering a kind of a more direct approach mixed in with the, with the mindfulness. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of mixed. Some, many teachers are also steeped in the non-dual tradition. 
Um, but the, the limitations are that, first of all, it gives you the impression, the progressive approach, gives you the impression there's something to attain out there that you don't already have, that isn't already present for you. And you have to make an effort over time to achieve that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it also emphasizes the doer, the meditator. I am becoming more mindful. I am, I, I, I am developing mindfulness here. So it kind of emphasizes the, the doer and then in the process uh, emphasizes the separation between the one meditating and meditation, the subject and the object. And that can get tricky because ultimately that's what we're wanting to see through, right? And if you are cultivating that and developing that and emphasizing that, it makes it harder in the long run to actually let go of that uh, apparent uh, separation. Uh, and then it also gives you the impression you have to make an effort, right? A constant effort. You have to do something in order to be mindful, whereas awake awareness, you know, just awareness itself um, is in, innate. I would say it's your natural state. And I often uh, lead people on a little uh, meditation, which I, I can do right now, which is you know, very, very short. Is basically I have people close their eyes, mm -hmm. and then I say, now open your eyes and try to be aware. Okay. okay. And so you close your eyes, then you open your eyes, and you try to be aware. Now, most people will respond to that by saying, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. I don't have to try to be aware. As soon as I open my eyes, I'm aware. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm talking about. Awareness is innate. It's always happening. We don't have to effort to be aware. And, and, and then we get the mistaken impression that we do, and mindfulness becomes this effortful thing that we feel like we have to practice, and the whole thing gets very cumbersome and takes us away from our inherent wakefulness. There is a kind mm -hmm. of a thumbnail of the, of the critique. Yeah. yeah, it clearly distinguishes the difference between uh, mindful awareness yes. and uh, what you're calling awakened awareness. Mm -hmm. um, Some people call that effortless mindfulness. Uh, yeah. You know, my friend Locke La Kelly talks about it as effortless mindfulness. There are others who use that term. So, you know, we could call it effortless mindfulness. Okay. But the idea of being... Uh, being effortless mm. and yet you know but still i mean maybe a guy gets up he's got a family and his everything and he's got to get to work he feels lousy he's got to get to a meeting right maybe there's right. a time for a little effort in mindfulness yes. too yes yes so i to again i totally understand that and if that's what's needed and that's what's helpful uh you know any uh jean klein used to say and i've adopted this attitude that uh you know, that it's perfectly fine to use progressive method methods in service of the direct approach, right? Mm -hmm. So to use progressive methods like mindfulness, but in service of a different view, you see? So th the view is, is what's really important, the worldview, right? Do we take the view that it's something out there to be achieved, or do we begin with the view that it's something already present, and then we can sit down and through some effort, bring ourselves into the present moment, but then just open to the moment rather than c 
continuing to be uh, making an effort. Yeah, it, it's a kind mm-hmm. of subtle, you might say, distinction. Uh, so what I would generally recommend when I recommend meditation is that you can begin by being mindful, mindful of your breath, for example. It's beautiful meditation. But then after five or ten minutes, you can let go of the effort. You can let go of doing anything and simply open and let everything be the way it is. Well, mindful awareness can ultimately point you to awakened awareness, or it can take you away. See, that's the tricky part. Mm. If you allow mindful awareness to be a, a, a doorway, in, you know, in which you begin by being mindful, but then you let go of the effort. So it's like you bring yourself into the present moment, but then once you're present, you release the effort and just open to this uh, awareness which is always present. I write in my book that uh, th- this really occurred to me as, as, a, as a revelation uh, at a retreat. You know, at, at one point in a retreat, I was I became very aware of myself sitting there, efforting to be aware. You know, yeah. and, and and I start and, I, and I, I broke into laughter. I said, "This makes absolutely no sense," because awareness is everywhere. It's all pervasive. It's totally present always. What am I doing? What am <laughs> I know? doing? Yeah, what am I doing? And it was like, that was a real revelation. So it's that effort to be mindful that takes us away, or can, from the awareness that's always present. No. Isn't, always that a, isn't that a great yeah. ongoing inquiry anyone could do any time? What am I doing? Yes. What am I doing? Yes. <laughs> and who's doing it? <laughs> and who's doing it? Yeah, yeah. And where, and where is this someone? Who, uh, you know, who and what and where? I mean, really, that's something you can do any, I mean, you know, just do it at, at any time, at any point. I'm going to ask myself Absolutely. right now, what am I doing? I have no idea. What, yes. You, yes. I don't know. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So, um, and then the, the even deeper question is what, is, what is doing it? Or what thinks it's doing it? What is aware? Takes us to the source. Yeah. So inquiry is, a, uh, you know, the, uh, with a... a precise focus can be very powerful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're asking, what am I doing? And then uh, all kinds of responses may dissolve into just a nothingness. Uh, there but, you then, go. but then that's yeah. another great question. You know, what is? what would you say? What is aware? Or whatever you said. Yeah, what is aware? Yeah. What is, what is uh, the way I often like to put it, uh, I find the most direct is who or what is experiencing this moment right now? What do you think is more powerful to ask? Uh, maybe it doesn't matter. But, yeah. Who is experiencing this moment, or what is experiencing this moment? I, I think you. I think you go with what works for you. That's what I say. Yeah. You know, try out different questions, and the one that has the juice for you, go with that one. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's something entirely yeah. different too, or. Or something entirely different. You know, I, I've had a number of students say, "I like where." No. Yeah. You know, where? Where is this someone who's being aware? You know, where works for them? I think, great, cool. That's great. You know, yeah. the, the problem with who am I, which is what, you know, Ramana recommended, although, of course, that's a translation uh, of um, what he said, but um, the, who am I gets very abstract for most people very quickly, you know. 
so keep it experience near. Keep it very down to earth. That's what I recommend. Mm-hmm. You got this moment. You have the things are happening right now. Your experience, this experience is happening, right? We that's very concrete. That's very real for us. And who or what is experiencing it? Uh, that bring, can be a very powerful question. Brings up another question, and when we're talking about asking what's uh, you know what's best for you or what you think what works for you, but and how do you know what's natural for you? How does a person know what's what's natural for them? Well, you know, just get, try out different questions and see. It's almost like um, certain questions. It's almost like they, they they have a purchase. They have they, they they grip the road. You know what I mean? They they, they they it starts feeling like ooh something's happening here. You know, I'm asking this question and it's like taking me deeper. You know, or I feel myself really into this somehow. You know, and so you know ultimately, you know. We can we can outline a path. We can you know uh, set up a s- series of steps, whatever. But ultimately, you know, each one of us is the path. You know, uh, so there is no cookie cutter approach that works for everyone. So I always say, you are the path. You have to find out. Ultimately, no one is an arbiter of what is right for you, except you. But again, it brings so up the question. You, you know, who is this you? Someone says, "Okay." Well, yeah, yeah. I'm the path. Let's say I'm I'm really struggling here. Someone says, "Jerry, you you are the path." It's like, you know, like what, what? Yeah, like what? What are you talking about? I'm the path. What does good, that mean? Good, good, good. Okay, go with that. <laughs> okay. So, so know, what do, what do I know? I mean, ultimately, each one. I mean, there is no one, and there's a someone, right? I mean, there's a Jerry, you know, who decides whether he wants Rice Krispies or oatmeal for breakfast, right? And, you know, and you know, based on some inner sense of, gee, this is what I'm drawn to right now, right? And uh, even if there's no sense of a separate Jerry happening, there's still this gravitation towards the oatmeal or the Rice Krispies, right? So it's kind of like that, you know? Whether well, there's no one or someone, you gravitate towards certain questions. Yeah, yeah I still think there's, um, well, let's talk about Rice Krispies. I mean, why would I get Rice Krispies? There's an entire... You know, what kind of, uh, you know, ego-preserving um, strategies about buying Rice Krispies? I mean, what did I buy into in consumer culture <laughs> to get the Rice Krispies? I mean, there's so much right. fakeness okay. all the okay. way, all the way along. There's so much right. falseness. Right. How do you really know? Oh my gosh. How do you know? How do you know? Just know. Yeah, what do you know? That's a great question. What do you know? I mean, maybe we know nothing, right? We're kind of fumbling along in the unknown. So, and, and, and I think this is um, a, a, a question that we haven't really answered. How do you know what your natural commitments in this life are? We think we know. I mean, people strive right. to question, right. what should I do with my life? And, and right. um, it, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's, more, it's more practical than the spiritual, what am I, who am I? It's just, you know, what should I do? And, and people, it's like people are disconnected right. from their, their own nature. And, uh, and this nature right. is what we're talking about in this direct uh, that's right. Approach. We're talking about this, this, this nature, right? So these are just questions. They're just skillful means. But the ultimate thing is that you know the, the the most important thing is that it be a living reality for you. That you know who you are. You're connected to who you are. It's a living truth for you, and it affects your life. Makes you happier. Makes you uh, more peaceful. Right? Brings love what's, into your life. This is the whole um, point, right? The whole 
world of teachings, the, the, the non-dual spiritual teachings. I call the whole. Th I call it all non-duality culture, and it's a, the culture is just everything. All the communications, all the people, without exception, uh, everybody on the, you know, email groups, whatever. It, that's it all. Comp you know, the conferences, the retreats, all the great people, all the people that are <laughs> right, right. faking right, it. Right, 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 right. You know, it, it, it's just that's a culture. the culture. It's, it's just the, the culture. culture. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. It's just the now, culture. Now you've been yeah, around. Yeah. Um, yeah. 40 something. You've been around since way before the internet. And what do you yeah, think of non-duality? Tell me about the evolution of it. What do you think of it? Is it a mess now? You know, um, <laughs> I have no idea. Again, who am I to presume to know? No, I, I mean, uh, I don't know. there's certainly you know. a... I, I don't spend much time on the internet. I don't spend much time on Facebook. I know there's a lot of stuff going on on Facebook, so, so I'm told. Uh, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, and, and I know there are like there's the Buddha at the gas pump, which I have been on, which has like over 300 interviews with people. And, um, you know, so, yeah, there's a, there's a whole culture there. I don't know the people who teach this uh, individually, except a few, like uh, like Locke and Aja and, you know, a few others. Um, but uh, so I, I can't uh, assess okay. know, what's really going on. There's certainly a lot more of it available. Uh, is some of it misleading? Almost certainly. You know, uh, so again, that's why I say ultimately it's up to you. You got to find your way in this uh, non-dual culture. I mean, non-dual has become the spiritual buzzword, for sure. Yay! Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> when I went online, I, my I really my my goal, one of my goals, was to make the word non-duality popular, and and that's definitely for better yeah. or worse. I don't know if it's a good thing. But, um, <laughs> you succeeded what do you think? beyond what do you your think? wildest, uh, beyond your wildest dreams, Jerry. <laughs> it really, it really took it, off. It and, turned um, into a monster. It's a monster. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it, you know, I know I created a monster. Not, I mean, I didn't create you it, but I mean, I was, I was contributed to it, and, right, uh, as many have. Yeah. And um, yeah. anyway, I, don't I, know I mean, if non-dual is a description of the way it is, then, then you know, then of course, you know. It's non-dual. That's the nature of reality, you know. But then to uh, take that as a, as a, a word or a label that makes us special, of course, is uh, you know, of course, misguided. I always felt that um, that the word non-duality is itself really a great it's a great meditation because for a lot of people it's a new word. I think it probably has uh, served people mm -hmm. the word itself because. Yes. You know, it's like, That's what right. is non-duality? Once you just start doing a, a, a very beginning search on it, on the Internet, it's, it's going to open yeah. up a whole new world to you. I think it's uh, I think yes. the word alone. Yes. And that really has been my reason for feeling there's mm. an importance to, or some meaningfulness to uh, promoting the word itself because it's new. And the most elementary investigation of that word just opens up, you know, a vast, vast mm. new world of, mm. seeing, of seeing things. So I feel yeah, there yeah, is benefit that's a, that's to to a good point. Yeah. I feel there is benefit to promoting yeah, the word. Yeah, it's become a buzzword. I know, but uh, what, what, you know, whatever. You're aware of Jim Carrey, the kind of stuff he's doing. No, no, I, I know who Jim Carrey is, of course. But no, no, what is he doing? Is oh, he's he's coming out there. Now? Yes, he's out there, like in public, just doing, um, getting out there um, uh -huh. on uh, you know mainstream TV, saying there's no me. I don't exist. Oh, he's yeah. doing it in a very blatant, and people are criticizing him yeah, like, he, like he's like, just like, he's just uh -huh. parroting he's just parroting the teaching. He doesn't know anything, but he's. I he's think Jim there. Carrey had a genuine uh, awakening, though. That's my sense. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think he's just using, you know, his personality and his role right, in the world right. to to, to um, kind of hit the mainstream public over the head with this. And he's doing, it's outrageous mm-hmm. what he's doing. But, I, I, but it's yeah. funny and it's and fun. That's the kind of character he is. He's and, kind of an outrageous um, character and that's yeah. what he does. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think what happens but. is, you know, you, a word like that comes along and then, it, it, as you say, it, it opens up a whole new way of seeing things for people. And then at a certain point, it, it, it gets exhausted. The word gets exhausted, right? And then maybe, oh, yeah. you know, we try, we try another word. It's, it's a pointer. You know, it's a yeah. beautiful pointer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the word is still rel- widely unknown. You know, I mean, for us, it's, yeah. we're already bored That's with right. it. But, you know, for everyone That's else, it's still quite unknown. That's right. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that, yeah, that I mean, non-duality culture. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and again, non-dual is pointing to that seamlessness, the undivided nature of reality, you know, basically. And that's the whole point. That's what we wake up to. So, obviously, it's a very accurate word, and, you know, it's, a, it's also a translation of Advaita, so, um, you know. Uh, why aren't there more black people in non-duality culture? I, haven't, I have no idea. Is that what you've noticed? I don't even pay attention to that, but... Uh, I know. Well, yeah. I, think, I guess I'm more into the uh, into the uh, you know activity that's going on on a mm-hmm. in a broad sense, especially on the internet. And I've had people, you know, right? I've had people ask me about that. Why that's so, true? Uh, I mean, it's been true of it was true of Vipassana, you know, the Buddhist tradition for many years too. Very few black people. Yeah. I, I know that Spirit Rock, for example, has done a great deal to promote diversity uh, in its sangha and its retreats and stuff like that. So, again, I, I don't know. don't know why. I found that there's um, some writings on, on uh, hip-hop therapy, um, which speaks of the... And, um, one of the hip-hop therapists uh, named Justin Miles is, has... Uh, a hip-hop therapist? Hip-hop. That's cool. yeah, yeah, you can look that up. There's a lot on it. And oh, okay, so, okay. so the hip-hop itself is basically... Uh, um, you know the absolute, really. Mm. It's uh, when we talk about the direct approach or what it points to. It's uh, could be said to be the hip hop or reality itself. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So okay. hip hop yeah, therapy I can come out. No, of that. I have to. I have to admit, I'm very uh, unhip in this regard. I, I really don't know much about hip hop. All right. Well, we'll get you All out right. to the. Uh, That's we'll a whole. Get, we'll get you out to a hip hop club. You know. It's a whole other culture. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's there's a whole non yes. culture there. That's uh, it's being tapped. And uh, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you um, had any uh, insight no, I'm afraid. into that. But no, I, would, I don't. I would love I don't. to see. I'm uh, interested, though. I'm interested. I'll have a look after yeah. we've talked. You can look up hip-hop yeah. non-duality. You'll find stuff. It's, uh, yeah. it's fascinating. Well, there's this, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'd be interested. I mean, I think to translate this into different, uh, you know, vernaculars, different uh, uh, vocabularies, different cultures, I think it would be really great. So, you know, let's uh, get some folks in the hip-hop culture, it sounds like there are, who have a sense of you know, the truth of non-dual teachings and, you know, translate it, make it uh, accessible, I'm sure. But, you know, I've, I've, I haven't mentioned it directly to Maurizio, but um, I have posted it a more, few times. More black people? Not, not just about? more black people, but um, the whole hip-hop. Of the, the of whole hip-hop. Not even that, but just the hip-hop culture. It could be hip-hop introduced culture. into, yeah, hip-hop therapy. It could be introduced there. Interesting. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, there's so much diversity in that, uh, 
of the Sand Conference uh, in, in terms of different uh, worldviews. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but that's a place yeah. for it. I don't know. You know. They have to be open yeah. to it. No, I think it's great. I think and, it's great. Uh, but that's kind of stuff that I, that, I, that I like to do in my work is mostly online and just uh, trying to make non-duality mainstream and also hitting yeah. some of these niches, you know, the, uh, marginalized right. people. I, I like doing I like doing that. And um, that's great. Well, I appreciate your talk. It's taking the time to talk to me about non-duality culture. And I realize you're, you're a very busy person in your own world writing no and, no uh, i'm counseling. happy to this is great too and great uh, to yeah. but it kind of opens it up i like talking about it i don't do interviews anymore yeah. really i don't do it very rarely I don't oh, do you, oh you don't no nah, i don't oh, you don't if i'm gonna do them i'm no, gonna no. i want to do them uh you know i want to satisfy you know the client you i want to but i also want to i like going off on a you want, you, and you want to little. enjoy it yourself i want to enjoy it because you know i could be at the Good. beach you know um <laughs> great Right. I want to. Cl- is there anything else you want to say? I want to close with a reading. Actually, I have a question too. I want to close with a reading from your book. What I, something I like about your book is all these meditations you have. In it. This is a good book. I could recommend. It oh, anyone. good. It's one Thank of the you. Best books yeah, it's very important. Again, like you, I just want to say, like you. I mean, to me, it's been really important to make this available to as wide an audience as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's why I wrote Meditation for Dummies, yeah, which clearly. Yeah. actually, even though it's primarily mindfulness uh, teachings. It's uh, shot through with a non-dual view. Uh, for those who are interested, it's, it's, that's a major thread. The non-dual view is, uh, kind of permeates the book. But it's like to reach as many people as possible. You know, the dummies books, you know, I sold 300 or over 300,000 of that book. Wow. Um, so, you know, to reach more people, you know, I think that's really important because otherwise it's just, you know, it's just reaching, you know, it's preaching to the faithful, right? Uh, you know, to the, you know, what is it called? Preaching to the choir, right? Yeah, preaching to the choir. They're already, they're already believers. You know, you want to reach people who haven't heard it before. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's what your career has been about. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yoga Journal was about that. Yeah, you were yeah, a yeah. Yoga Journal. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, you're a legend, Stephen. So, we're talking to Stephen Bodian, whose website is stephenbodian.org great books one of the great teachers very simply one of the great world teachers in uh whatever you want to call it self-realization meditation mindfulness reality reality enlightenment we never even used mentioned the word enlightenment did we spiritual enlightenment right yeah i don't i don't use that word much because um you know it's so fraught with associations Um, all right well the heck with it then but um, I just want to read something from your from your book, um, Beyond Mindfulness: sure. The Direct Approach to sure. Lasting Peace, Happiness, and Love. Then ask you a question. It's near the end. It says, "Ultimately, you, you write. Ultimately, any fixation, even on exalted spiritual beliefs, insights, or states, right. can become an obstacle to the complete and unconditional openness yep. and freedom of awakened awareness." And you write, "Your true nature right. can't be identified or circumscribed in any way, and the mind's." tendency to categorize and conceptualize only obscures it any understanding must dissolve in being understanding that is you need to let go of your spiritual ideas and concepts and simply abide as the emptiness and freedom you know yourself to be Um, yes i want to ask about abiding is there a subtle duality in abiding (laughs) yeah well, any word you use, right, is going to be dualistic. Um, 
you could say abide as rather, rather than abide in. Uh, but even there, you know, it, it suggests a duality. What is abiding in what? Right. So is there a book? Be, is a, there a? That's what abiding is. Is there a that's book beyond this? Is. Then is there a, that you're thinking? <laughs> I'm not planning anything. I thought it, I, I didn't think I was going to write another book, and then Beyond Mindfulness came out. Uh, so you know, it's like at a certain point you realize there's nothing more to say. You know, in the, in the Zen tradition, there's the saying, you know, selling water by the river. Right. Uh, at a certain point, it's like what. You know, it's all been said. There's nothing more to say. Uh, why do we keep talking about it? Let's just be it. Let's just live it. Right? Yeah. Uh, and yet, yeah. and yet, for some people, you know, it, it, it's helpful. There are people who still haven't heard it, as you said, and so to to keep talking about it can be helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I it, like it to works. write, and uh, yeah, th- there, there, there it goes. Yeah. yeah, no, the teaching is still needs to be out there, and that's. Uh, you know, we all do our part, and uh, yeah. And so, yeah. as long as something's well represented, it's uh, it's it's valuable. That's right. So that's what your book is. It's Beyond the Mindfulness by Stephen Bodian. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Jerry. Is there anything yeah, else we need to uh, we need to talk about? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I think you know the most important thing is to be it. You know, um, you know, as we were t- just talking about it, it's like. Um, Everyone wants to be a teacher now, you know. Everyone wants to write their book or teach it, you know. But th- the most important thing is just to live it, you know, to be what you are. So and there, and, and, and there are a lot of people living it who never talk about it, you know. They're doing That's their jobs. Right. That's the majority That's right. of people. And the rest of us have to get out there and for some reason... That's what talk we, about it. You know, we talk about it, write right, about exactly. it. Right, exactly. You know, present I remember once when I was, uh, I was uh, you know... Uh, getting ready for a, a flight, you know, and there was a guy at the desk there and he was checking people in and there was something about him that really struck me and then uh, he seemed so present and so open and so awake and then we had just this little conversation it was so clear this guy was like completely awake and I thought, whoa, this is really amazing, you know, no sense of anything special, no sense of, you know, I mentioned certain teachings and he said, yeah, I've I've heard of those before, you know, that makes sense to me, you know. But it was just, he was radiating it through his mm. being, you know. And, uh, you know, there are people like doing that uh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Bodian, thank you very much for your time and your, uh, it's my pleasure, your wisdom Jerry. and uh, observations. Great to talk to you. Again, your website, stephenbodian.org. I'm Jerry Katz. So long. <laughs>